Well, today, I need to give you some background on our first reading, because even if you got the Mass yesterday somewhere, the, the critical part of the story was left out between yesterday and today. Paul was being followed in the city of Philippi by this servant girl who kept on saying things uh, about him, and he finally called the evil spirit in her out. And so the spirit left her. Well, she had been a fortune teller. She was a slave girl, and her masters had made a lot of money on her telling fortunes. And the masters were upset that they were losing this money, so they told the authorities that Paul was causing problems. That's the background for today. God apparently delivered Paul and Silas from, well, the imprisonment that resulted in a pretty spectacular way, as we'll hear in our story. But note that Paul and Silas do not do what you think they would probably do in a situation like this, which eventually does lead to giving greater glory to God. And we'll relate that to the story of our saint of the day, St. Augustine of Canterbury, often called the Apostle to the British. Augustine of Canterbury's given name was Austin. It was only when it was put into Latin it was was made Augustine. And so for that reason, in the city of Austin, Texas, the Paulist Fathers run St. Austin's Parish, which is right next to that place that we call around here the other UT, University of Texas. But we know which one's the real one here. Christianity was brought to the British Isles by, at the latest, the year 300 AD, but the Romans retreated from Britain in the year 410, and that left the Christians who were there undefended. And so about 200 years later, there were very, very few Christians left. Pope Gregory the Great, in the year 597, sent Austin to Britain to evangelize. Now, we don't know exactly how this came about and how it happened and why. This stuff just, we have some records, but these details are not in there. But we do know that in the seven short years that Augustine of Canterbury was, well, in Canterbury, um, that he supposedly converted tens of thousands of people to Christianity. We have a record from one year later, him writing to a a patriarch elsewhere saying that he had baptized 10,000 people that year. But we don't know how he did it apart from the fact that it was through the cooperation of the king and queen of Kent. But apparently whatever he did, it wasn't anything too spectacular because it's not really recorded, his methods. Now, our first reading talks about something pretty spectacular happening, an earthquake which shook the foundations of the prison, threw open all the doors, and just happened to break all the chains of all the prisoners in the jail. Pretty remarkable stuff. And that would have allowed Paul and Silas to escape, right? That's how you think the story's going to end. And so they escaped, and all the other prisoners and the jailers and the authorities of Philippi were amazed at the glory of God and and became Christians. But that's not how it happened. They stay. Partially, it sounds like, because they realize that otherwise the jailer is going to be killed. 
for letting them go. And so they stay. You know, they were singing hymns as they were imprisoned, and there's all these other prisoners around. They apparently encouraged them to stay and not break from the prison either. And all the prisoners come to faith, the jailer and his family as well. It's not as spectacular a story as we were expecting, but I think it probably led to a deeper or more powerful conversion on the behalf of all these people. Makes me think of a quote from Blessed Teresa of Calcutta. She said, We cannot all do great things, but we can do small things with great love. 